Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Grigori Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. So, hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Simply Creative People. 13. Uh, I'm Grigori Carpin. What? 13, indeed. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm Gregory Carpin, uh, and I'm joined by... We're gonna need a hairy blank. Nice. I mean, I'm saying that to be supportive, but it wasn't your best work. (laughs) You you wouldn't even let me do one last week, you fucking overreaching (laughs) bastard. You You said thank you and everything. Yeah, that was just diplomacy. Oh, that's another word for lies. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, Lord, I, I, I'm going to need you to say your sure. name. So, <laughs> uh, Lord, Lord Zunu is how I pronounce it. And oh, my. Yeah, I was going to get that very Yeah, wrong. see, the, the, the <laughs> construction oh, it's Roman. It, yeah, exactly. It's, I get it. Like, you assume it in classical Latin, or really, most Latin, Except for like modern <laughs> stuff, you all of the U's U's and V's are largely interchangeable. I get it, but uh, oh, it's because they used to carve it into rock. I used to. Yeah. I, oh man, I thought it was like a number. No, I mean oh. N's not a. That's funny. Shit. I just thought it was X V N V. Yeah, that's pretty it much like what a is joke on yeah. N V. Like this is so funny. Oh, this is good. The whole podcast it. is just going to pivot into no. That's not how my name's pronounced. How have you been pronouncing see, it? See, because I mean, like Harry and I just like picked names that everyone would just sort of. <laughs> but it is funny. Like even with like victim, I was just talking to someone today where someone was just like, I don't understand. I was listening to the podcast. How could you call it victim? I'm like, well, first of all, I made it up. <laughs> but like i helped so get the tag i call it vktm so deal with it yeah anyone can say whatever they want that's the thing i don't care um, so are we, are we still was yeah, that was that lord's intro was that lord's introduction because that kind of blew yeah. are we getting, so no we're gonna do the like other a guy. full thing yeah. so lord you've been a member of the wiki since at least 2017 20 right? if you go by my account age 2014 um, oh, wow. if you go by like an interesting bit of trivia is that my account is exactly one day older than Greenwolf's, <laughs> and yet he is uh, about ten times more prolific than I am. <laughs> he's ten well, times more prolific you know. than most people, though. So yes, well, yeah, he's written a lot, a lot of good stuff, but yeah, a lot of stuff. Great writer. So I, you know, and I'm not sure why I thought this, but like I don't feel like we had talked before. Maybe you know, end of 2020. I, I feel like it was last year. And so I kind of thought that you were a little newer, not because of the way you act or anything, just because I hadn't seen you around. And when I was looking through these articles, I was like, oh, no, you posted something five, six years ago. So Yeah, it's like it was one of those things where I posted the I posted the articles years ago when I had, I guess, more free time and like it was it was one of those during one of those many phases where I had the brain space and time to spare on SCP stuff, mm. and then yeah, sure. yeah, and then I just sort of drifted away for a few years, and mm. um, after the pandemic hit, it was very much one of those things where, well, <sighs> might as well actually try looking for an actual writing community, 
as opposed to, say, a whole bunch of random writers just screaming into the void and not actually paying uh, paying attention to each other's works. That's right. Now you've got, actually, got a thousand uh, writers all um, screaming at each other and not reading each other's works. Yeah, I was going to I was going to lead into that, but. I'm going to try to steal as many of your jokes as possible since you make my life hell on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, is this going to be like a call-out podcast? Is that... <laughs> well, I spend most of my time attacking Rigori. I think I might as well attack the guest from time yeah, to time. No, that's, yeah, that's Now, true. to be yeah, fair, if anyone, if anyone sort of deserves it, it would be... Actually, I don't think I've ruined your work all that much. It's mostly been Ralliston's, if we're being honest. No, not my work, just my life. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> just, your, just your generalized field of extraordinarily accomplished and detailed, sophisticated trollery. And yet, you're also one of the most impressive people writing, because you'll just occasionally bang out something amazing like the Goldbaker Rhines SCP that we definitely need to make sure we plug. Ah, uh, well, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you are an enigma. That's that's how I like it. I think you're fucking transparent. No. I'm <laughs> uh, so how did you uh, originally find SCP? So this is if you know probably going to um, nail down my age within like a five five year band, but it was from the SCP mod on the Minecraft forums, and it's like when you see that sort of like like it's a minecraft game modification right like they just take all the big popular scps like uh 106 173 all the generic ones and they just throw <laughs> them into they just throw them into minecraft as murder monsters and then there were also God, like that must a few more there were also like a few stranger ones though like literally they had the red pond in there they also had oh. uh like that oh, that makes sense drowning portrait like all the stuff that's easy to implement in gameplay, and like when you when you stumble across that stuff, right? It's very much a, wow, this is this is really creepy. It's easy enough to Google, and then you Google it, and it leads you to the wiki, and it's all history from there, you know. <laughs> you know, honestly, so I avoided for years Minecraft. Um, this is gonna sound terrible, but like I just kind of looked at it and was like, oh, it looks kind of like a Lego game. I don't know. I'm not interested. And during the pandemic, uh, I can't remember who convinced me to give it a shot, and I finally did. And the thing that I find most compelling about it, and my opinion on it has completely changed because I think it's brilliant, but the thing I, that most compels me about it is how it's like a stealth horror game. Yes. Not stealth like Metal Gear, but like yes. it's not advertised as a horror game, and yet I have been more terrified of falling into lava yes. or getting cornered by a skeleton in that game than almost anything in Dark Souls. And the idea of turning it into like an SCP murder monster thing makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I play Minecraft on hardcore, so just to get the adrenaline. Just <laughs> so, Ugh, so it, it, it is only no a, casual mode here. It is only a horror game for me. Yeah. Uh, so I think I told you this, Harry, but I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast. So I was very late adopter, and I didn't really look anything up. I just like figuring out games as they go. Um, and, you know, I struggled with some of the recipes and stuff like you do, but I didn't know the reason why you need to sleep other than giving <laughs> yourself a home base, <laughs> like where story. you would respawn. And so <clears throat> I had no idea that the wraiths were 
appearing because I hadn't slept. Oh no! And yeah, and so I I told him did all this. Yeah, I did all this work. I mean, hours and hours of work. This is when I was unemployed, turning like an underground railway into an above ground railway because it eventually got to the point where it was like level with you know and instead of digging further down i just started creating these glass hallways for my railway to go through with little doors that would get out so that i could travel without being attacked all the time he was by these fucking things he was like and i, I don't tra- know how to make the birds stop fighting me i'm like and, he, and harry was like what birds, the birds? what do you mean and i'm like mean the yeah, birds <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, and they were just like, and I like I had a giant, not a giant, but I have a fairly large plot of like land to like grow crops as well, like this a rather large garden, I would say. And I just created an entire like a three story wall around the entire thing, and then glass on the top because I wasn't sure if like it needed sunlight to grow. I didn't know how realistic you know oh Minecraft was. <laughs> Yeah, like, so I was just, you know, trying to figure, and it, it just, I mean, it, it made it more fun, because once I realized I could just make them go away by sleeping, I was kind of like, oh, all right, I guess I didn't have to do all this, but. And for Creative it, Corner, it we're going to find a way to turn this ridiculous story into an SCP. <laughs> I've already done that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so you've written, what, like 25, 30 things, right, Lord? Closer to 40 at this point. Oh. No, like, I feel like five of those are hubs. Five are collabs that I came in yeah. the last second of, so probably closer to 30. I mean, those count. I mean, I have a shit ton of hubs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just steal other people's stuff and make a hub out of it. Daedra. Daedra, uh, he said. Anyway, he yeah, said, said Daedra. That's amazing. The Daedra I hub. I, I can't wait for the Daedra hub. Is that going to go with the What's Bloodborne Daedra from well? again? Elder uh, Scrolls. It, Elder Scrolls. Oh, yeah, fucking Elder Scrolls. <laughs> the uh, Davite. Yeah. Anyway. Beautiful. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about it. It's good. Well, fuck you. <laughs> okay, we can't have that conversation. Keep going. I didn't say it was a bad game. I just said it was, I don't care. Yeah, that was still so uh, much. Keep going. <laughs> Move along. So, we didn't do any creative discussions last time because we were kind of pressured. We weren't creative last anything. time at all. That's right. I don't even um, think I read half of what we were... I was, I was supposed oh. to be thinking that to myself, not saying it out loud. Keep, keep going. <laughs> I did. I read uh, them all. I read them bad, all. Bad. Bad host. Okay. Um, we don't need to read your make fun I of thought you. we could... That's true, but you're not just here to do that. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, so, this time I thought we would talk, and I thought it was Harry's idea... Uh, oh, yeah. ...to talk about dialogue, uh, because, you know, I think all three of us have got some good experience with dialogue. Yeah, I like words and talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job. Uh, Aiko the other day told me that she didn't like words. She didn't want to be an author, but she liked writing dialogue. And I was like, hey, you know, those are uh, those are related, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, with dialogue, it's like you see like a ton of guides online about how to write good dialogue, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say I necessarily follow all of it, but like. A lot of the things that people say in over the course of a regular conversation is just they're just filler words, like stuff to drag a conversation along. And yeah, the nice thing about dialogue is that in theory you can just cut it out because it's boring. And I would say that like, see, a unique thing about 
the, the clinical format of SCPs is that the dialogue, you can get away with like just pure dialogue logs. Well, yes. oh, with yeah. action panels. Yes. But in another sense, that forces you to define the characters' voices much more clearly because yeah, you yes. do not have that benefit of internal monologue. You do not have that benefit of omniscient narrator or you, you almost don't even have the benefit of body language descriptions. So, like, I wouldn't go so far as to say that the SCP format is almost this exercise in making clear character voices that are distinct from each other, but it does get pretty close. Mm -hmm. I think doing it well, I think making a good interview log is that. I think there's a lot of examples of SCPs that are not that. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, because you, you want, I mean, though I will put in a little bit of body language description, hmm. uh, you don't, you're right, you don't want a lot of, you know, everyday description, especially when it's just an interview. It's two people sitting across the desk from each other, so why would there be a description of how they looked in that moment? Unless it's really important. So, yeah, uh, there is a lot more focus on, like, bringing out the characterization in the actual words being used. And I try to avoid, like, emphasis as well in interview logs, because it seems very not clinical. I do it sometimes, but most of the time not. It's one of those things that's acceptable for the art, but, like, probably wouldn't fly if it were real. <laughs> yeah. You gotta make <laughs> right, some yeah. acceptable breaks from reality for stuff like that. You know, something you were just saying about how dialogue is sort of a slimmer-down version of actual speaking, like, I do like to keep about, I would say, like, 25% of the stupid little idioms in my dialogue. Uh, the things that people just say to keep a conversation going. Because I feel like when you're too efficient at storytelling through dialogue, it reads as false. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like and so, yeah. So I wouldn't want to make it sound exactly like a real conversation. But I want to include a little bit of that, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a balance. Yeah. I feel like, in a sense, that touches on that that cliche, almost, of earlier SCP writing having these interviewers who basically act like robots with minimal right. empathy, empathy towards these over-the-top, highly stressed-out victims-slash-civilians. Yeah. yeah, and then always ending with, this interview is over. Pretty much, yeah. It's... Yeah. it's it, 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 yeah. it, it ropes them right into writing robots. That was very alliterative. Um, when when they insist on referring to them as SCP-6219, SCP-6219 the whole time. Like there, there are certain things in that series one interview dialogue format that almost prevents characterization from happening. And it's not just series one. I mean, that stuff oh, yeah. continues till today so, to some extent. Um, I've had not disagreements, but like genuine like discussions with people about like, well... What does that actually serve? If you're if you're interviewing a humanoid SCP as a doctor, what does it actually serve to like rigidly hold on to that? All you're doing is making that individual alienated. Yeah, if you're, uh, and they're less and they're less likely to talk to you. Yeah, if, you know? <laughs> if the point of the interview is to acquire information from a sentient right. entity, why is your first act to make them hostile? <laughs> like, I think it would be much more interesting if 
someone was trying to tell the story of like the very cold not cruel foundation with a layer of like bullshit like humanism to the interviews uh-huh. where mm-hmm. like, like i don't know exactly how this would be accomplished but where like it's clear that like this is an act they're trying to get them on you know on the, the researcher's side to create that that rapport yeah gregory's about to start his uh 17 site 17 deep well archives uh arc i've i've not because i dislike i mean that stuff's amazing but uh i just have so many things going (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no more projects uh but yeah i mean i think as basic advice and and i think we've all heard it a bunch of times but i'm still constantly running into people that have never heard this piece of advice say your dialogue out loud to yourself at your desk you know just do it it sounds weird of course it does but part of the reason it sounds weird is because what you wrote is weird you wrote you know there's the that uncanny valley when it comes to character voices if it feels like a robot or some sort of alien is speaking you know that could work if you if you're trying to go for that but if you're just trying to have two people talking you know, and it sounds weird when you say it out loud. It's because it is, and you need to go back and just kind of try to make it more. It's grounded, not realistic. Yeah. Right? You want to make it feel like it's coming from a real person, but you don't want it to actually sound like a recorded conversation. Because as we see, it's already established, that's fairly boring. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. If, if if you try to read bad dialogue out loud, you'll amend it, or it won't come yeah. out of your mouth. Um, and and also, if you try to rewrite bad dialogue side by side, as with any other writing, you'll actually find yourself correcting it as well. Because, I mean, even reading bad writing, you'll want to correct it. But speaking bad dialogue out loud, you will hear how tin it sounds to your ear, and you'll be like, "No, that's that's not right." Yeah, I don't do it anymore. Um, yeah, I haven't done it for years. I'm so fancy, but like so I've internalized fancy. a lot of those things. Um, and I feel like for both of us and Lord, you as well, I'm sure you've gotten this compliment because I feel like your dialogue's very good. Um, you know, I think the three of us have kind of, I wouldn't say we're masters at it, but like pretty good at it. Um, sometimes I fail at the other parts of it at CP, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like the characterization through dialogue is always pretty, not easy, but like I kind of sink myself into that, those, those spots, but up until, you know, I was doing a lot more writing, I would still do that. I mean, my early SCPs. I hadn't written for a moment, you know, and, and I totally did that, even though I was in my 30s, you know, and I'd written, you know, several novels, not published, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's really never a point where you're too experienced to do it. So even if you think, even if somebody's listening to this and they've written like 10 things and they're like, oh, I know what I'm doing, I wouldn't need to do that, it could still help. Mm-hmm. I would say that another a tip I would actually have is... Like, we all know that one of the best ways to get good at writing is to do a lot of reading. Yeah, totally. Um, And I would almost say in this case, if you want to go for, like, that hyper-stylized, exaggerated, yet somehow still grounded in realistic dialogue, the best thing to read would probably be theater, honestly. Mm. Like, plays. Yeah, it depends on the play. Well, Well, that that makes sense because they have to get a lot across with the dialogue. Yeah. Of course, the nuance w- there is like the play is—it's written with the knowledge that the actor will be good enough yeah. to actually convey the emotion. Right. Yeah. I mean, I—I I agree with you because I think a lot of plays have really incredible dialogue. 
Um, but I also think a lot of plays are written in such a way that they really only fit the stage. Mm. Um, there's a certain, you know, <laughs> melodrama to it that is very, even in the most serious of plays that you wouldn't see in a film. I think it's why most plays that are turned into films, like, are kind of missing something. Mm. Not all. There's also a lot of plays that are written to be read in the format that they are written in, and the format that they are yeah. written in looks exactly the same as a dialogue log for the SCP wiki, so the parallel yeah. is there. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I would just be like, careful which play because some plays are so stylish well, yes yeah, don't the, don't uh, use hamlet but <laughs> don't no, don't use waiting for godot <laughs> don't read waiting for godot <laughs> sorry just for, forget about waiting for godot everyone please it's so boring <laughs> um yeah uh-oh no i have, I have nothing to say about uh, this God. is an sc this is a podcast about the shit statue fanfic site i'm not <laughs> going to talk about uh, samuel beckett it's about anything I mean, like, the thing with the thing about SCPs, though, is, like, they are sort of unique as a format, so there's always going to be that level of adaptation you take when you, you go from one medium to another. Yeah. yeah. And this is really no exception. No, totally. In fact, I think it, it typifies uh, adaptation, or, like, um, sort of the, the brilliant way that adaptate you know adaptating uh, adapting a lot of different styles into one like quote-unquote shared universe can actually create this brilliant like amalgamation mm -hmm. because there have been so many influences on it I mean, you know I, it started off as a very strange fiction you know creepypasta site but like it's really hard to put a boundary on what scp is now one thing uh, that i think um crosses pretty much all barriers of dialogue that you're writing that'll it, it is advice. It's basically advice. You don't have to have an absolutely perfect sense of all the characters that you're writing to write good dialogue, but if you have a very good sense of the characters yeah. beforehand, um, you will probably write good dialogue because the thing about having well-defined characters is they are fragments of your personality. They are in your head. They are loaded into memory they are things that are in your permanent long-term memory and they live inside your head to a certain extent because they are fragmentary oh, yeah. versions of you and you should be able to drop them into any situation and you will know what they would do because you know them like they are either you or someone you're close to and what that means is when you start to put them in a situation and go here's what these two people or three people or ten people are talking about you'll probably already know how they would phrase their comments and responses. So if you want to write dialogue about characters who will be recurring, think about them. Think about where they started, where they're hoping to get to, what their characteristics are, how other people react to them, what their relationships are with each other. If you put that homework in at the beginning, and you use these characters more than once, you actually won't have a whole lot of trouble writing dialogue. I usually find, um, when I have one of my frequent bouts of horrible writer's block, Dialogue is always a thing I can start writing. If I roughly know where yeah. the scene is, but I just mm -hmm. just cannot write a line of prose to save my life. I can't think of a single abstractly intelligent thing to say about the room or the event or the situation. I can still, without even writing quotation marks down, I can bang out a back and forth between two characters because they're already talking in there somewhere in my crazy mind. And if you go crazy by installing enough alternate personalities in your brain... <laughs> Which is to say, having characters, 
you should be able to tap into their conversations pretty easily. And it's it's kind of like magic where you'll you'll always know what they're going to say ahead of time because they're already saying it. <laughs> yeah, I will say <coughs> doing that homework does not really mean and I've seen a lot of people get lost in this creating like really intense backstories and personal histories. No. That's that can be helpful to know where that person is from, but let me just say none of my characters have that. There is no, you know, three-page summary of any of my characters' lives, uh, and I assume probably not yours either, Harry. There are now um, because I'm writing a tale series well, that makes a well, makes, makes a big dive into who each of these people are, but as a general rule, no, and I've written 114 or whatever fucking pages without having done yeah. that before. Yeah, because I feel like you get lost in world building and like character building as an abstract exercise, and you never really get around to writing the thing. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's better to write something that's awkward and stilted and then revise than get, than always doing the quote-unquote prep. Right. Work. If you know who these people are, and then you write using them for a while and write them in your little mm-hmm. stories and continue to use them for a while, when you can get to the point where you have to know why they are who they are you can come up with that story later as long as it's consistent and you do not need to come out of the gate you know swinging right you don't the first time you use a character they do not have to be like a standout you know really stylized memorable thing they can grow into that there's nothing wrong with that in fact that's a great way to do it i think largely that's actually the the origin of ralliston's author avatar um Mm. Daniel Ashworth just started off as a thread, and now it's, well, he has, like, a whole whole novel written about him. <laughs> yeah. There was some, yeah, there's something mean, like he, he started out as a, ty- as a typo, even. <laughs> well, Which is, I know, very much, talk about very much on point for Ralph. <laughs> very <story>. much. <laughs> but, like... Very much. Yeah, I mean, but that's true of all my characters, too, honestly. I mean... They all started out as typos. <laughs> except for... Well, yes. Um, but of, you should have seen his original draft off. about Director Viagra of Site 91. It was great. <laughs> uh, common methods. That's me for the night, folks. I'm just going to coast for the rest of the year. I mean, most of the listeners won't even know what you're referring to. But, uh, yeah, but like, but like the only person I knew 100% who they were before I put words to the page was Lucretia. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody else kind of grew into it. And that was because I was like, I've been waiting to write Lucretia since I started the site, basically. <laughs> I always had a really good good grasp on uh, Dr. Blank. I always, always knew exactly what he was going to be like. Huh? Weird. Yeah. Surprising. Weird, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, speaking of typos, let's talk about our subject, which is all about typos. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. It, it comes all um, out of one 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 typo. Right. So, which is funny because I didn't know this until recently, and I have this weird blind spot when it comes. And I think it comes from how I discovered the wiki and how very specifically obsessive I've been about the wiki because I will get into something that's really interesting to me and then I will just focus on that yeah. and then I will hear about other things like I vaguely knew what SPC was about uh, punching sharks but that's it that's all I knew oh there's all these, uh, there's was, all these I, weird little community lore moments and things that are hidden in the background right. that you only get, vaguely glimpse you'll hear people talk about chorizo oh, stew God. and you're like what are you talking about and then this gigantic <laughs> story emerges from it and you go, I didn't even know that existed <laughs> my friend my friend chorizo stew Consuelo uh, 
Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. No one, I'm not explaining it. Anyway. No, no. Don't. So we'll do an episode on that. So anyway, uh, SPC. SPC. SPC, eh? Uh, was a constant, you know, fuck up that people were screwing up SCP. Special procedures containment. Yeah, and I just didn't know that. And it wasn't until... And I, and I don't know how long it was a joke before Jorik wrote his first thing. But uh, back in 2012, he posted a tale that sort of took advantage of that. And just like the way Jorik does everything, you know, found this brilliant, you know, funny way of like, what would those letters stand for? What's the funniest thing I could put? I know, they're the shark punch- punching center. <laughs> I think, honestly, I wasn't around for the origin, but... Like, way back when. But, I mean, if you look at the original text source for um, SCP-173 from back on 4chan, the typo is right, right. there in the first line. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Flops told me that when we were when she was giving me some of these uh, articles we're going to talk about today, was that there was a typo on the original document, which is yeah. pretty great. Yeah. SPC predates Dr. Clef. <laughs> Uh, predates Site 17. It predates Maria Jones. It's one of the oldest elements of SPC. It's it's foundational. <laughs> it wasn't a pun. Fuck off. <laughs> it's like whenever I say something is a placeholder. Fucking placeholder. <laughs> it's not. It's not always about you, man. Yeah, no, totally. Because that is just a it's word, a word. That used. <laughs> Uh, which is why I just say place all the time. <laughs> yes, but uh, but that's also true. I I shorten everyone's names if I can possibly do it. I don't know why. He just calls me ha. Ha. Uh, <laughs> it's better than just calling you blank. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jorik was the first one to kind of come up with this, as far as I understand it. Um, I, I don't know if it was one of those things where I, I think it was, but Jorik was the first one IRC. to actually make it funny. Which, you know, and it's unsurprisingly, really funny. <laughs> and it's very funny, yeah. And unsurprisingly, Jorik is, you know, has hands-on the creation of something, you know, central to the SCP wiki. It only like, happened like 10 like, or 11 times. Right. Like, it's just some, like, every time we come across a subject and it's like, oh, Jorik was like one of the original, if not the original person to come up with this. Yeah, I would have expected that. And like, I, you could be upset or envious, but like, it always turns out so good that you're just like, well, no, he's just Santa Claus, <laughs> but with ideas, I guess. Yep. And he flies away, uh, and you have to play with the ideas by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Santa, it's perfect. Just like Santa. Uh, so, the hub, I think, is pretty great. Because the hub, and, and I know, Lord, you and Flops and Mr. Wrong, or maybe Mr. Pudding, uh, redid the hub a few, so, so, like a few the, months back, right? It was mostly just me and Flops. Flops helped with... Uh, oh. Flops helped a lot with the visuals and some of the fact checking, but um, the the credit to Mister Wrong largely comes from the fact that I drew. See, back in like 2017, um, he, Sir Pudding, and I were collaborating on like we're attempting an original hub, but we just never finished it. So I grabbed some of the text from that, and so it only felt right to credit him, especially since. The whole thing was sure. originally his idea. <laughs> well, not originally, originally, right. but you get what I mean. Like, the modern shape was largely his idea. Yeah. And we're going to cover that, but basically what Lord's talking about is the fact that there are kind of more than one version of the SBC. Um, 
they're all about punching sharks. <laughs> but there was sort of the original jokey sort of thing where, you know, the joke is it's about punching a shark. And then there was the ones where it was a little more layered and there's still it's still mostly a joke. And then there's the more recent stuff, which is in the last few years, you know, and you've been behind some of it um, quite a bit. Uh, and it flops a little bit as well. Um, and I will say, obviously, my, uh, and Sir Pudding as well, um, my my bias will show because uh, it's all about darkism. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm immediately more interested in the stuff that is got an undercurrent of like eldritch horror, but is also kind of about <laughs> the jokes. So I, I do find it pretty charming that just like the wiki, it's like, no, this is an alternate version of SCP, like in every sense, like not just in the fact that it's an in-universe alternate, you know, organization, but also the hub looks like the front page of the wiki. <laughs> and it's just it just has that same it just feels so it feels like somebody looking from the outside when they first find the wiki if they weren't immediately enamored with it because the first thought would be i think to some extent oh this is fairly ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and you know scp is in a lot of ways and i love it but i think spc really like takes that and runs with it and it and the fact that it was you know in three different kind of movements was was is pretty fascinating um but so i just wanted to read this from the hub which i don't know if you wrote this line but i think it's fucking great uh april 28th 2022 a decades-long internal investigation has confirmed long-standing suspicions that sharks are still in fact super I think awful that was probably pepper's ghost when they put together the first the first iteration <laughs> of the hub um and i'm very grateful that they let <laughs> just... me go in and essentially impose all this half-written canon onto the hub itself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if that if that line doesn't tell you kind of what you're getting into when you start reading one of these articles, um, one of the emails later on is going to refer to the fact that it feels like some of the articles are referring to an in-joke that are, is never explained. And I will say that that is 100% true, and I kind of love that. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that it always feels like when I'm reading one of these. Now I feel like I kind of get them all because we just read a bunch of them. But every time I've looked at one of these, I've kind of been like, I can tell that there's a whole undercurrent here. Like, this isn't just about, haha, isn't it funny to punch a shark? There's like a history of, of laughing at this concept here that's developed over the years. Uh, and the fact that it's able to maintain some mystery, like the fact that there's consistent references to spc 001 being this horrible thing but like no one's really described too much about what this i know there's a couple of proposals but uh they seem to talk about other stuff yeah i, I think the hyper density of the world building and the the just byzantine nature of the references to other things some of which exist some of which don't exist and the complexity <laughs> of the whole thing that's been built around it and the eldritch horror and the like human stakes occasionally and the actual characters as far as i'm concerned that makes the joke so much better that it's built <laughs> oh, on yeah. top of shark punching center. That just it elevates it's, it completely. Yeah, there's levels of absurdity here to this that I really appreciate. Absolutely. Because that's the kind of humor that I, A, understand how to write and B, most frequently makes me laugh. High effort. Just like, 
what the fuck is what the fuck did i just read i mean it's funny but also it's not just a joke like it, there's so many moments to these articles where it's just like <laughs> what uh, and then you know that's a concept that was throwaway and it's just the one line and then we're moving on yes arguably that that sort of thing might be my specialty if we're being honest yes no, absolutely. The Dolphins one is full of that. But I was just like, wow, this is like a whole novel's worth of lore, but it's not a long article. And I feel like you could write like a tale series about it. I mean, I, mean, I understand why you didn't, but I really appreciate the fact that it's like, wow, this feels like a real world, but a real world that is utterly <laughs> absurd. Definitely. Um, so there's a little bit more from the hub. Like the SCP Foundation itself, the SPC has no one single canon, but rather a series of loosely connected documents. All of them have one thing in common, uh, monomania for punching sharks. Mm-hmm. Before, beyond that, go wild. Some SPCs are set in the Foundation verse itself. Some are set in a full-on alternative universe with a full implied alternative history. Uh, and I just wanted to point out that, like, as I said, you know, it's absurdity. So if absurdity is not something that you find funny, you might, Go these away. might not be for you. They're not, they aren't witty dialogue, not normally. It is more often than not things that people say, even if it's deadly serious within the universe, uh, from the outside uh, is a wonderful piece of, I, I wouldn't even call them satire exactly. It's just <laughs> absurdity, which is good. Right, so if you like Monty Python, I feel like this is the kind of humor you would like. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, there are traditional joke articles. There's quite a few of them. But there's also... The vast majority are not joke articles. They are articles that happen to be funny in this very specific way. Um, and like I said, there are the later things that you guys have been involved in sort of weaving this 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 larger narrative... Not even a larger narrative, but a larger picture mm-hmm. of a world that is really fucked and dark. Oh, yeah. Um but it's also very funny. <laughs> yeah. I would say like like I put on the hub there are like these three almost delineations of SPCs or axes I guess where one is very much that attempt at serious alternate universe world building that's around this horrifically absurd concept Another axis is just, haha, punching a shark is funny. And actually, it's just like two main axes. And like, all, <laughs> I would say, like, <laughs> almost all SPC stuff falls between those two. And like, on the, the hyper funny end, you have, like, I would say, Dave You Fool, who, again, is like very good at comedy and like, if we're being yeah, honest, yes. probably wrote the funniest iterations of just pure, unadulterated shark punching. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just even describing this this know, GOI absurd. is funny. And then, like on that other <laughs> axis, it's what Mister Wrong tried to start, I guess, if that makes sense. And yeah. like everyone yeah, else, sort of just I would say falls in between those two yeah um i have to say i think my two favorites were uh were your dolphin <laughs> one which is 1258 i think and and four and 140 uh obviously <laughs> you know my bias is i'm a big fan of 105 uh, myself yeah, one of uh, one of five was one of five is one of the most horrifying articles I've ever read. It was very impressive. Yeah, at first I was like genuinely on. kind of 
you know, we're, you know, I was kind of like, I don't want to be negative, but I don't know if this is working for me. But the, like the further I went into it, the more I was like, <laughs> oh. oh, this is oh, it's just another one of those SPCs where you took an existing SCP and you rewrote it to be about sharks. I don't. Oh, geez. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> It, it kind of like what Green Wolf was talking about when he was on, where you just take like the logical, yeah, you know, extrapolation and just keep going with it. Like, what what is this ability really capable of, and how can we make it like fairly upsetting? And not great. in a body horror way, but in a in a in an existential like philosophical way. Yeah, I'd almost say that the SPC formats that take existing SCPs are almost universally really good at finding a completely different angle. To make the SCP funny, amusing, horrifying, or or clever yeah. in a way that most reimaginings of, uh, of old SCPs don't do, <laughs> which is funny. That it's, yeah. the, it's the shark punching center that gets it See, right. It's like, right, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. if you really think about it, an SPC is like, what if you? It's like in its pure in its pure form, the kind of SPC that I write. Which is like that strain I was like I was descri- describing those strains before. Like obviously there's no one way to write an SPC format, but like this is like my background, my what I've specialized in. So for pers- for like those reasons, I won't be discussing the other ways to do it. Like in my view, an SPC format is essentially like a thaumiel SCP, except. The greater purpose is to literally just punch a shark, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sure, you could use it for all these other applications, but like, that monomaniacal obsession is what takes it from is what t- turns it from like depressing or horrifying to just funny. Yes, it's like the shark punching center is the Lex Luthor equivalent of the SCP exactly. Foundation. It's like I created, I created a ray gun that can create infinite amounts of, of high nutrient grain. It's like, are you going to use that to feed the world? No, I'm going to use it to train a gigantic <laughs> army of aliens, and I'm going to give them a whole bunch of food to make them big and strong so they can kill Superman. It's like, yes, man. <laughs> and that, the That's SPC, such a good metaphor. The SPC is just like that. It's, it's this this monomania on this one thing where they could do anything with this but that 85 yeah, percent of the oceans are full of these horrible shark things so we gotta get punched and the, my, i think my favorite like typification of that is is 682 where like yes. they ask the where they ask the lizard to punt to kill sharks by punching it's <laughs> like what no that's ridiculous and then they're just like well all right but we're gonna use you to do that so <laughs> And then they just do the most horrible <laughs> shit. And you're like, wow, do I feel bad for the lizard right now? What the fuck? Somebody called the dog punching center, am I right? Oh. Yeah, I could Oh, because you can hear the dog. Yeah, do. unfortunately, my new place has. As a dog, it's just is... dogs running through it. 20 yeah, to 40 no, wild door. dogs every five minutes. Yeah, it's next door, but the problem is the window won't close because the, the uh, spring is messed up so yeah we're just gonna have dogs in the background i was gonna say making a joke about punching dogs would lose all the female listeners but let's be honest here (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna make you lose all the listeners i don't like punching dogs i've never punched a dog yet i would hope not (laughs) yeah yeah i mean okay if a zombie dog from resident evil comes at me i'm gonna punch it it, those things are vicious man they end your game yeah they suck dogs in games are the worst so anyway, 
<laughs> Sharkicism? Sharkicism is the most important thing I know. No, I don't uh, we're still I on do, the fucking hub. This is an all-time I, be, all-time record for yeah, not getting we're gonna to the last point. forever. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I will say because we're not gonna break it down too much in the articles. But sharkism, sharkism is so funny to me, especially because you told me, Lord, the other day that like when it's when Sir Pudding first brought it up, there was barely any history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, what are you even like parodying? And what's so funny is, I think Sir Pudding did some early. No, maybe it didn't. It was Mr. Wrong. Anyway, um, the idea that sharkism is a is a parody of sarcasm, and it was like when there was like maybe three sarcastic <laughs> articles is so funny to me. Like it's just, I you know, I I, I don't even think it's insulting. Like sarcasm is my favorite thing on the wiki, and I think See, it's the funniest thing ever that they they were like, hey, what if there were body I horror think sharks the only out there? nuance at that point was like oh neo shark neo and proto sarcics so like that is basically what <laughs> right i transplanted over when i did this lore <laughs> right yeah personally i'm Surf a much sharkism i'm a much bigger fan right. of the fish that hates <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> man that was a good line that was a very good line that was in 1258 yes. right yeah somewhere in there. Uh, it was, it was, was lords yeah it was, I, when the, I, I, was I just awe. laughed out loud. <laughs> I got to that line. So anyway, there are there's a in this universe a version of shark of sarcasm. Only they are 100 percent the bad guys, or at least from the shark punching center's perspective. Uh, and they're sharks and like shark human hybrids <laughs> and like shark body horror <laughs> creatures. It's so fucking good. Uh, anyway. Uh, there's also, you know, some really interesting politics going on here with, like, the Marianas Treaty, which is a treaty between most of the world and the Sharkic peoples, but not the Shark Punching Center. No. Nope. Fuck that. We gotta, we gotta punch sharks. <laughs> you gotta wonder how the sharks signed it with fins and how the Punching Center signed it with boxing gloves on. They have hands, some of them. I guess I was, I was being, um... I don't know. What's the word? For, well, what's the word for being racist against sharks? It apparently isn't sharkic. No, sharkist. Oh, sharkist. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Nice snort. My microphone doesn't make great sound. Grand, grand sharkist, Harry. <laughs> anyway, so to start us off, uh, I, I thought we could just read 10:30 a.m., which is a tale by Jorik. Uh, it just. I don't know. It's just amazing. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a parody, a very short one, a parody on those orientation tales that we've talked about a few times on the podcast. Yeah, it's great. So, okay, people, sit your asses down and shut your pie holes. I've got places to go and people more important than you to see because I happen to be a scientist and we scientists have a tendency to be very busy and important people. If you're out there in folding chairs, that means you're in the new guys, bottom of the totem pole. But it also means that you pass the entrance exams. Welcome to the SPC. From this moment onward, your job is very, very simple. You are going to punch sharks in the face. You will punch sharks. When not punching sharks, you will be planning on punching sharks. You will be developing new ways to punch sharks. You will read about punching sharks. You will write about punching sharks. You will study punching sharks. You will dream about punching sharks. You will jump the shark. You will collect and contain paranormal objects, and then you will use them to beat up sharks. Punching sharks is your life. You may be asking yourself, how am I to punch these sharks with your fists? You may ask yourself, self, what, what if I am bitten by a shark? I am unsure what to do. Go see an alchemist. 
You may say to yourself, Self, my teeth have become shark-like in the sense that they are all turned into sharks. Good, now start punching them. <laughs> this is so good. It's an important job, mark my words. There are people out there, many people, who just don't understand why. They don't realize how important our job is. You will be challenged, you will be mocked, you will be insulted, but you cannot lose sight of the goal. You fist, your fist in a shark's face. Several years ago, a former employee asked me, why do we punch sharks? You know what I said to him? Sir, do you hate science? Are you a science-hating shark hugger? Do you approve of the non-science shark agenda? He said no, he wasn't. I punched him in the face anyway. Because he was clearly a closet shark. Because that's what we fucking do at the SBC. When you came in here, there was a copy of Sun Tzu's Art of Punching Sharks on your chair. You all... Wait, you are all to have read it by the time you report in tomorrow morning. Now get out of here. These sharks aren't going to punch themselves because they don't have hands. It's just a fantastic proof of my dictum that you always end on the one-liner. <laughs> this whole thing is fucking one-liners. It's so fucking good. There's there's a there's a like there's a dual thing going on here because on the one hand it's a really funny explanation of somebody who's really into punching sharks but on the other hand it's also clearly coming out of we've heard people make this fucking typo so much and I'm gonna pour <laughs> yeah. my irritation of that yeah. into the most I guess this must be what you're talking about right guys who just can't stop fucking punching sharks <laughs> I just love the part though I mean you're totally right that there is like a lot of internalized anger going on here but I just love the part where he's like I punched him in the face anyway because he was clearly a closet <laughs> shark because that's what we fucking do <laughs> it, that's what gets carried forward out of this I think the most out of everything is just the intensity of it there's a very intense yeah. aversion to salatian entities definitely um, yeah I mean to the point where like the later on in the later stuff they don't even want to say the word shark <gasps> We don't say that word. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing I think that's really fun, not about this one specifically, but that comes up later on in some of the articles, is the fact that like they are so need to punch, be punching sharks all the time, that they maybe are engineering. You know, the, the fact that like I mean, there's even an article I think SPC 2000 where you know the famous article about how we're going to reclaim humanity from an end of the world. Well, what if there were no more sharks to punch? Well, we got to make more sharks. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. The punches must. Anyway, so yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so Jorik also did. You know, the next couple are going to be from him. And it was SCP, not SPC, SCP-1449, uh, which is about an anarchist-created shark, like a pointillism image of a shark that, like, can swim away from the ocean and, like, into people's dreams. Or, like, no, I'm sorry. Anyone that's going into REM sleep within a certain uh, space of the shark will be plunged into this weird dream world. Um, but basically... This has turned into a way of just talking about the SPC because while they're doing tests, they the agent who is like trying to explore this other world, you know, this this dream world, they run into someone who is <laughs> wearing clothing was heavily worn and patched with leather <laughs> and shark skin. <laughs> and he says, My world has always been the way it is, and we made it like that. We hunt the dreaming, the shark, that's how we see it. We heard it. 
killing it in our world and the Dreamtime poured out like it spilled blood and we made this big scar here and, and things are wrong. Fish walk and ghosts haunt the stones and women give birth to plastic children and the leech fields stretch out forever in the seas of human blood and the center eats cocaine and caviar out of panda skull bowls and the crushed backs of opal mares and acres of broken glass and it has always been like this. <laughs> Which is the mo- it's such a Jorick thing of like this is all ridiculous what you're saying, but it also is unsettling. Oh See, yeah, I love how short it is because it's really short. Yeah. It's really short, and because it's really short, it doesn't have time to go. Here's what's happening, and here's what's mm-hmm. happening is there's this weird fucking shark thing that can make a weird fucking dream world, and because of the SPC being what they are in their universe, they killed the fucking thing, and that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> made yeah, everything fucking it, ridiculous because it all bled out and the dream world stuff just drove everything completely bonkers and that's not stated overtly it's just there yeah. it's just for you to yeah i mean if you read it and you had no concept of the other spc stuff you know it would stand on its own of being like oh that was weird like a dreamlike you know nightmarish you know, conversation that someone had uh but in the greater context of it, it really does serve. See, <clears throat> the thing I like about it the most. I oh, think sorry, go ahead. one of the interest. See, one of the interesting things about this particular SCP is that I am. I had I spoke with Mister Wrong like back in the day, back when we were trying to put together an SPC as a stand standalone GOI, and. I believe on some level this was sort of kind of almost his idea of the origin for SPC-001. Like, mm. yeah, see, I kind of read this article the same as well, that it is that the universe of SPC ha- was created by whatever this event <laughs> was that killed the shark yeah. or whatever. Like, obviously, interpretations have changed and drifted in the next few years, but, like, this is, like, very much a good retroactive dark origin story for the organization. Like, the reason it exists is because at some point somewhere, someone killed the shark and now they have to keep punching the shark forever. <laughs> yep. This universe is their fault. I just love, and, you know, I put in the notes, oh. but I just, before we move on, I just fucking love that Jorah can't leave well enough alone. That, like, he wrote this funniest shit article to make fun of the fact that people were constantly uh, misspelling SCP. And then, like, he can't even just, like, no, let me, I need to craft a whole world. Let me do it in, like, a thousand <laughs> words. <laughs> Uh, and, it, and it works well, especially because it is a, um, it's sort of, you know, in a lot of ways, the way that I use victim, where the description of the actual anomaly is very brief, and then everything is just sort of like through these logs or, or tests or whatever. Uh, and using the fact that these are dream tests, effectively, the, the dream logic of this conversation really does feel, you know, unsettling. Anyway, uh, so third one by Jorik is it has always been and it always has not been, which is a direct sequel to this SCP, and it follows on that individual. Um, and it's unclear whether that individual, you know, eventually got to that point or if this tale takes place after it. But either way, it's that sort of, you know, at first I thought he was an SPC agent, but then the story is very clear that no, he's not. He's sort of like this 
universal traveler sort of thing. Like he remembers the fact that the world didn't used to be this way, uh, and it gets kind of dragged into the SBC, uh, whatever. Yeah, but that's um, just the premise. The real point of it right. is just the absolutely insane, bonkers description of the universe and the people who live there. It's, the fact, yeah, the fact really, that the world uh, used to make sense is almost secondary to the fact that the way yeah. it is right now is hilarious and bizarre and weird and vaguely yeah. sexy because it's old SCP and it always was vaguely sexy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they're talking about weird fetishes about putting nails into people's brains and stuff. Yep. Pretty weird. Um, it's it's, it's also, almost like an old pulp science fiction thing in that mm -hmm. sense, actually, because yes. they go to this other world and there's this weird matriarch lady mm -hmm. who is really fixated on sex. It's very much like... like original like og sci-fi totally and it's got like vague dsm uh -huh. uh, vibes to it as well which was a very common thing in those old uh -huh. like uh pulp novels um the thing i think is really funny is that not only you know this is like outlandish to like not a fault but like it's it's so far along the, the scale of or the the you know spectrum of outlandish because the center in this version of the universe is just like over the top they're like you know like that little bit of dialogue i just read they're doing fucking cocaine out of panda skulls you know like it's just what is happening here um and it's really portrayed pretty well here i mean there's that bit where they even say that and there towering even over the mountains was the center a white cube kilometers to the side reaching from the surf to the clouds <laughs> windowless unadorned monolithic even from this distance it looked too big to be real <laughs> Which just like sums up everything about Jorik's like version of the SBC. I feel like it's just like this is just ridiculous, and we're just gonna call it out as as such. Uh, and I just wanted to read this this other part because I thought it was fucking bizarre and amazing. On the wall behind the throne was a bright mosaic of the first punch in capitals, a great white shark struck down and killed by the great fist Harker. The founding of the center in those foggy mythic days, the day man fought back first against the Salachian menace when they dove into the bottomless oceans and met the enemy at their door, when they fought on the beaches and in the tide pools and on the reefs and the flooded ruins of the ancient cities laid low by the aquatic adversaries, and they succeeded. The center was founded and the threat was driven back beneath the wave waves where it belonged. <laughs> Love just the casual plagiarism of Churchill there, just for the the ultimate. Like, here's how ridiculous these people are. <laughs> also, it fits thematically because these are people that are so afraid of, of entities that are not like them. Yeah, and and Churchill was a giant racist. So, yeah, it's true. Uh, anyway, um, Lord, why don't you? Tell us a little bit. I know you didn't write this, but wrong. Mm -hmm. But SPC twenty six fifteen. So yeah, this was very much the the first SPC format to actually adopt the format. Um, yeah, That's and what it's I, thought, yeah. I it was it's like very much like a product of its time. Um, uh -huh. Because it is essentially describing. A fairy, right? Only this fairy has been heavily modified. Well, surgically modified and mutilated so that it creates hallucinations of sharks. And and what and what is the center? And what the center does is that 
they essentially just throw trainees at them. Throw trainees at this fairy. And the trainees hallucinate these terrifying, terrifying sharks. And that, like, that breathe fire. And that poof out of every <coughs> reflection. And oh that God. motivates people to keep punching the sharks. <laughs> I just love from, like, the first GOI document on until the... Like, it just... It just as much as it is making fun of this typo and, and the absurdity of it, it's also consistently mocking the concept of the SCP with the foundation within the universe. Because they, like, take that ridiculousness of we're cold, not cruel. We're willing to do things that ends justify the means. And then just takes that and then just, like, injects, you know, adrenaline straight into their heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just changing the end to punching sharks open-ended is <laughs> and like like also moving i would say moving the goalpost as to like what's over the line nothing <laughs> exactly <laughs> as long as you're punching sharks uh, but um let's see what else was it oh yeah this is the first time i think that we see where the, the agents won't even say that like in a dialogue there's a there's a bit where they're like well shark and he's like no we don't say that salatium <laughs> they're so like philosophically opposed to the idea of sharks they won't say the fucking mm -hmm. word which is great of course the name still being the shark punching center that's right no they're the salatian pugilism i don't think we ever established <laughs> what the acronym for this iteration of it stands for funnily right. enough yeah i know i'm just <laughs> you know, i'm just making a joke um but yeah, I mean, that one's great. Uh, I, I think it perfectly, like, you know, like, kind of showcases the fact that, like, anything that, that is going to help the center kill sharks by punching them, uh, then it's going to be a good thing and they will do it. So if it means, like, a horrible, like, crime against humanity or crime against fairydom or whatever, uh, then they're going <laughs> to do it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All that matters is you're going to kill some sharks by punching them. Hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're mostly unsponsored so far, so I figured I would take the time to mention that you can support the show on the show page at anchor.fm slash simplycreativepeople. Or, if you're so inclined, you can check out Harry or my Ko-Fi pages at ko-fi.com slash harryblink or slash Carpen author. Things are crazy tough out there, so if you can't afford any financial support, and trust me, we understand, do us a favor and mention the podcast to someone who might enjoy it, or spread the word online. If we want to bridge the gap between fans and creators, we've got to get the word out to new fans. In many ways, this show is designed to be appealing to new and old fans of SCP alike, as we can all enjoy some discussion about this thing we love, and we can all learn something new. Heaven knows, I learn something new every week. Thanks so much, and we love you just for listening. Thanks for the support through all these first few months of the podcast. You're the best. Uh, SPC 140 by Sir Pudding is kind of a bit like pulls on the brakes a little bit to the absurdism it's still very absurd but it's just enough ground in reality and it's just enough um dry humor dark dry humor i would say why would there that, be like, dry humor in a shark punching <laughs> <laughs> surely it should be wet humor <laughs> well yeah i mean and i i think that this like really 
is some of the the most fun way to do absurdism is it's really written there's almost no winking at the audience right but then you look at that brilliant illustration right at the top by scorpion 451 that looks amazing but also is fucking ridiculous it's like a human shark octopus hybrid thing (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's a nightmare but it's also like laughably a nightmare um and I just love the fact that they're like we've kept it over. Like, okay, well, they have shark eggs. Okay, well, the shark eggs are a problem. Well, then, you know, if shark eggs are a problem, you want to kill them, what should you do? I know we should, like, adopt some Davite technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, the, the fact that there are shark eggs and shark eggs, but, like, it's still just the <laughs> Um, But this is a scroll that like describes or a book or whatever you know written by deva philosophers about ancient techniques about how to punch sharks and it's very clear this is sort of like i don't know if it's directly the origins of the center but it seems like this is their like the start of almost all their martial arts stuff because it's not like you could just punch a shark in a normal sense and have it work there's got to be some weird otherworldly mystic martial arts bullshit going on (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you ever tried to punch something underwater. It doesn't no. work out. I saw a cartoon once where Mr. T punched a shark, and I don't think he did, did anything special. I think he just punched the shark. That's Mr. T, though. I mean, he pities a fool. So. Yeah, well done. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so this is sharkism, because they developed as a slave revolt in Additum, but Aditum is now kind of Atlantis because it's a drowned city. Uh, and they worship SBC-001. Although it's never quite explained what that is. And in later articles, it isn't really either. Um, it's kind of a joke. They really. also... Yeah. No, I'm, but I sort of love that it's just as mysterious as the actual Sarkic stuff. Yeah. Debut Fool did that too with uh, Corbinic. The reason that the second Earth got sent into space is because they were saving us from scp-001 whatever the fuck that was that's fucking right yeah yeah i mean it plays off the whole idea that we're not supposed to know exactly what scp-001 is right that's why there's so many of them um but i i really you know the 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 human i mean first of all just the idea that they're human shark hybrids the shark eggs are not just bad sharks no no they're weird body horror human shark people <laughs> but there's also like bio augmentation like Sarkix in the mainline stuff with weird tentacles and stuff, but it's all like ocean, like marine biology related <sighs> stuff. It's just utterly ridiculous. And they, the scroll focuses on the vulnerability to Salatian pugilism and their continued development as the war progressed of increased sophisticated Salatian pugnatorial? <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's a word capabilities and like our SCP-140 it will expand to when exposed to the cyan abyss which are the entities the deviant quote unquote entities from uh, the shark eggs their hides and their ink so it's still fed by blood <laughs> it's still, SP, it's it's still SCP-140 blood. but it's shark blood and skin uh, 
and the extension of the sometimes will include like more techniques but oftentimes will show just like our scp 140 that oh actually this society lasted longer and fought the shark for longer um and then it the best part is as opposed to the way that the foundation handles their 140 this is okay well this is how much ink you need from a dead shark ick so it's very clearly an instruction manual this is how many and the best way to get it is if you punch it directly beneath the thoracic gills roughly where the lungs would be located in a human torso see the manual of salatian pugilism section 3.13.3 and while you're seeing it give it some blood i just love just so much just like listen every time this book expands we get like a little bit we know a little bit more so we should expand it more let's get more blood mm-hmm. uh and also by sir pudding which is also an incredible one is 682 which this is just 682 my favorite part about this is it's not a different scp it is literally they go oh in its original form and the and the hot link literally goes to the actual document of scp 682 so it's the it's the big fucking lizard the one that's hard to destroy you know the one uh and i just love how they have i thought the first interlog interview log was gonna mimic the interview log the famous one from scp 682 and instead it just becomes 682 who is a fairly ridiculous i mean it's a classic but it's a fairly ridiculous character both as portrayed and then how it's been extrapolated on the site being made to laugh at spc like even he he it has limits as to how much he you so you want me to kill sharks by punching them yeah no i'm not gonna do that it's ridiculous Like I can't. There are lines I won't cross, even as the heart to destroy. <laughs> it's just too stupid. He's too angry to do something that stupid. <laughs> and so they just like start doing horrible things to him, um, and like anything they can do to like stop or like start arresting his healing, so that they can help him adapt to becoming like uh, like a, a good test subject for punching techniques to the point where they submerge him in seawater until he just adapts to breathing water like Gil. So he becomes enough like a slashing entity that now it is much more useful as a test subject. Yeah, he becomes the shark, shark, shark punching bag. <laughs> That's right. And then by the end, they break him. Like the best part is they break him and He's just like, listen, I will, I will, I will punch sharks. And they're like, too late. <laughs> we offered you that deal. You're much more useful to us as a test. Subject. One of these days, I'm going to have to write SPC 6820. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You yes. are, too, aren't you? One of these days. It has to be uh, you. It has to be you. You wrote, yeah. you, have, you wrote SPC 6500, as we'll see. So it pretty much needs to be you. Yeah. Um that's like one of those things where like someone just you know i I was playing around with the idea of like whose victim could cross over with because we did a data one a few months ago Mm -hmm. and somebody was like well like you know corbinick and it was like oh my god of course (laughs) yeah now i must write this Anyway, so uh, next one we're going to talk about is yours. So why don't you just uh, give us the elevator pitch about 1250. Ah, yes. Yes, describe this one briefly because it's fairly simple and not at all complex. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Just what, well, what is the anomaly first that is being taken? It better be an elevator in like New York City. No, so what the 
anomaly itself was. So SCP-1258 is actually just this martial art that is literally just this martial art that when animals see it, they become intelligent, like human level intelligence, and start getting really rebellious against other humans, against the humans that uh, showed them the martial art. So it is very much like just a direct. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in a good it's way. very much just like directly porting it over into the SPC into the right. SPC context, right? And then, um, just building on the implication, because <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, so they use it on who? Who is the foundation or the the center? They use it on some bottlenose dolphins, some blue whales. <laughs> And some, like, <laughs> small, like, vaquita, like, tiny, small whales. And, like, the the whole idea is, like, well, obviously if you have a martial art, you're gonna... If you have a martial art that you can teach to animals, obviously you're gonna teach it to, like, cetaceans, right? Because, like, they are just naturally... Cetaceans. I don't know how to say words sometimes. Like naturally, naturally, just go through the water and like, and hate yeah, sharks, I mean, right? Bottomless dolphins yeah. hate sharks. In reality, yes. <laughs> yeah. so anyways, the natural extension of what happens, of course, is that the martial art also just—it's one, it makes animals rebellious. Two, it's it can be like transmitted. So. Naturally, what happens is they deploy these, um, they deploy these dolphins and whales to do a field mission. They promptly rebel, <laughs> and one thing leads to another, and there is now a rival superpower to the Sharkics. <laughs> In the world's oceans. Yeah, I love that the idea that like just start it because if if one of these dolphins is doing the martial art and a whale sees it, then that whale will then also be able to do it. And and the best part about this is if they see them, then they grow arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, how can they punch sharks? So they couldn't grow arms. <laughs> so there are all these fucking dolphins and whales with arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I just imagine big muscly arms too, like you know, huge ones. Um, and I just, I think the most fun thing is that like you could have taken it in a way in which you know, and you start going down this way of like the first thing you're gonna do is like fuck with the whaling industry and just like how much humanity is fucked over, you know, marine biology, mammals, you know, especially and and how you know the common understanding of it is how we shouldn't be fucking with them and whatever. Um, and then I, but then you just like take that left turn, you know, it, we're, you're all the way back to the point where like the dolphins are like, no man, you know what's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta join back up. We want to fucking kill the sharks. Yep. <laughs> and then also, there's a part where the dolphin hits on the doctor. What was the <laughs> uh, no comment. And that's that's just how you know it was. Written. That's how you know it was written by Lord. I mean, I had a Bigfoot hit on uh, a documentarian, so it's okay. Yeah, I have not, to my knowledge, I have not yet written an animal hitting on a human being. I mean, Bigfoot, they're not animals. Calm down. 
Oh my god, what's the word for being racist against Bigfoot? Because I guess I'm that too now. Racist. <laughs> I think it's just racist. Oh. Yeah, it might just be that. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm sorry to our Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> they could be big fans, I don't know. <laughs> they could be big fans because they're, uh, they're big feet. Uh, anyway, yeah, I re- Lord, I really like that one. Uh, it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's got a dense world building just like Sir Pudding's one but it it also just I, I love that it goes into this direction where you're like wow this is getting so expansive and then like comes back to the ridiculous at the end in, in a really you really like make that landing you stick it yeah. really well oh well like, <clears throat> I mean it it does one thing that most of the SPC formats do but it does it so much that it it almost becomes its own unique running joke they've always got these um in, in the SPC formats, they've always got these epithets for important objects or events okay. or or um, uh, programs or devices. Uh, they're always in all caps, and they always then immediately explain to you what this what this ridiculous code word refers to anyway. And there's like 73 of them in this article. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you, you throw them all in there, they're all over the place. It's funny. It's part of... It, it, it's amazing to me that in a sense, the SPC formats are more clinical versions of the SCP formats. They are even more deeper in their own terminology, which just really adds to to the joke, really. No, it does. You're I like, mean, you know, case liquid white and cerulean glove and cyanabis and midnight girl. <laughs> midnight girdle. Yeah, ridiculous. It's beautiful. All right, it's kind of like a takeoff on on the GOC with their code names, but it just takes it up to eleven, as everything is with the SPC. <laughs> yeah, in retrospect, this this uh, very much owes itself to uh, Sir Pudding and his background, but like this yeah. this like really ratchets it ratchets up ratchets it oh, Jesus ratchets it up to like absurdity. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean, and you know, I. I will say that, like, as much as I was really, you know, I really did like 140, um, it felt not self-contained, but it felt like a really nice play on 140, you know, obviously, the the real one. But this one, as much as it is, I understand, you know, adapting an actual uh, mainless ACP, this is really good world building, too. Thank you. Like, yeah, I mean, genuinely. I mean, like, just the idea that, like, okay... We've got an evil undersea civilization. What if we had an ally? So, like, it's just, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, like it just made perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got friendly groups. Why not another one? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, next one was by Lieutenant Flops. Uh, and she bade me to mention the fact that this SPC 507 is the crossover with Team Bird. Um... The center pilfers several Sharks' manuscripts during the Seventh Deviant Crusade, and inside these documents found references to Red Nether entities as angels and acolytes. During field incidents, however, center pugilists have consistently gone on record to describe these entities as demonic, passive-aggressive, and even sassy. <laughs> uh, I just like how it starts really, really bad, and then just gets progressively less bad with that list. <clears throat> this is all about a metaphorical eldritch horror, you know, and there's sharks, obviously, but there are the red nethers, which are these spectral, you know, 
uh, eldritch horror, like space sharks, effectively, uh, that happen in other universes, like uh, alternate universes to the SBC mainline uh, or baseline. Excuse me. Uh, and then there's the White Nether, which is this uh, all-consuming, uh, you know, eldritch god of sharkdom that is like going from universe to universe. Essentially, it's you know the Cthulhu uh, <laughs> or whatever. Um, and my favorite thing is, <clears throat> first of all, this is just a series of ridiculous uh, military actions by a marine fighting team, which is their MTFs or MFTs, etc. Um, but that she took your uh, anomaly, the twelve fifty eight, and then applied it to a whale, which is like forty five meters in length and like I don't even know how many tons. Uh, <laughs> also retrofit with ramjet sphincters <laughs> so it can fly in atmosphere and space and it has internal cargo space so that it can hold like a uh, an mft uh and also like has internal oxygen like it's just like this cybernetic organism of a of a whale that's turned into a spaceship <laughs> it's just first of all it's got to be pretty gross to ride around in. so they can go have team adventures flying around in space punching space sharks that are too sexy. <laughs> it's so it's good. astonishing. It's such a good article. It's over the top, even for SPC. Oh my god! Yeah, like just a whole. It's like it's really funny. The tra- it's like the transformation from like pulp comics from the 30s to like the Jack Kirby stuff, yes. where like all of a sudden you had people yes. riding around on skis and and embodying their physical embodiment of death. It like it's just very like, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? Like, <laughs> and they have like words or like terms for their different like. Uh, procedures of punching uh you know whatever you know they oh move let's do this one oh that one's only for if you feel really desperate <laughs> it's like calling out the attack before you do it like in dragon ball z or something yeah uh and as flops you know bade me to mention this is the crossover with team bird i won't say how because <laughs> if you know about team bird then you will you will understand and even if you don't this is an article that is fucking wonderful. It's very fun. I forget. Was Team Bird uh, for the Doom DoomCon contest? Mm, no. According to Flops, uh, they did SPC for Doom. Ah, uh, another I group. Think. I'm sure T- Team Bird was for Acon. I just can't remember All right. which yes. one. Yeah, and I don't want to explain it because I I think we'll do a Team Bird. That is that's fair. I just thought it would. It's also worth mentioning, <clears throat> I guess. Um, Pepper's Pepper's Ghosts team for Doomcon, which was also SPC, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think they were on the same. No, they were. I don't know. Like I the there. scenario there was oh. essentially, what if all the sharks did disappear? Oh right, right. That's and right. that's when SPC did that. Yeah, yeah. And I do think. No, I think SPC two thousand was something different and before, but. Uh, that's oh, wow. when Peppers put together his SPC 001 proposal. Um, it oh, deviates right. a little from Mr. Wrong's original vision, but not necessarily in a bad way, because essentially the only thing, like, it is one of those things that I think it, like, it's fitting. It's it's very much fitting as, like, an SPC 001. Although, um, I think I can talk more on that. I think... Actually, I feel like I can talk more about that later when we get to SPC 6500, honestly. 
Okay. Um, well, Harry, you you wrote a nice comment on SPC 105, which is Lords. You want to like what without spoiling it? What what's that about? Did I? You did. Yeah. I'm just saying, and you liked it. You already said you liked it, but the point is, is I'm talking too much, so you you, you talk. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I did write this. I said, and this is actually a, so. We're, so we're transitioning to SPC 105 here. Um, yeah. I said, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. There's no irony involved at all, despite the way I am unable to speak without waves of irony proceeding out of my vocal cords directly into your ears. The way this charming, upbeat thing swerves into what it swerves into is just fabulous. I'm afraid to leave my house now. <laughs> That's the excuse I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it is. Wait, is it rated 40? Man, fuck all of you. Fuck yeah, all and it of wasn't, you. It, it, was, it wasn't 40? Until I just read it while we were prepping for this. What the hell are you idiots doing with your spare time? Read this. It's great. Well, it's an, it's he an means, SPC. He, he's They're saying always you should rated read it. a little lower than SCPs proper. Ah, it's, it's not yeah, fair. Anything that's not in a, a mainless SCP is going to have a harder time getting rated. Yeah. yeah, so this is this is SCP-105. <clears> uh, uh, Iris Thompson, the... Uh, girl with the camera that she can take pictures with and then stick her hand into the pictures and manipulate the real world locations and it's just you know i don't want to ins- i don't want to insult anybody but i always thought that was kind of a lame anomaly i like that that was a good one yeah you you thought you thought 179 was lame because she just points your word <laughs> i didn't say it was bad because you just don't points. make me get thought, the tapes i said that there was i would want more the thing i feel like when it comes to 105 one of the things about just her as like an SCP and as a character is that like literally everyone has a take on her almost because like she's one of those early prototypical SCPs but unlike say Kane or Abel or 343 she's also a girl and as we all know um, the SCP fanbase skews younger and skews teenage and male so Yep. What? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now, the author base is a different story, but the, the reader base <laughs> and the fan yes. base, well. Yes. I'm pretty much every metric, the author base and the fan base have very little to do with each other other than the place where we meet, which is on the website. Yeah. And, I mean, that's true of almost everything, though. And, <laughs> and like, this podcast is trying to, to remedy that, too. <clears throat> but. <clears throat> well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a problem. Um, I just. The thing that I would like to say, and this is a perfect example of it yet again, is that the podcast is not just about talking about these things. It's to like, it's why we hold back on many of the best, like, you know, plot twists and jokes, ah. or because you know we're trying to curate. We're trying to like get people to go. Don't just listen to a podcast or watch a video about an SCP. Go to the <laughs> website, make an account. If you like a story, upvote it, or just leave a comment, or send us a message. You know, like. It, it there's so much so many of the fan sites i'm sorry the site fans are people that don't actually engage with the authors and trust me all authors want to 100 desperately mm. yes please uh, nicely please uh, anyway <laughs> so uh, no come at me come at me <laughs> fucking try me i have nothing to lose yeah. so um 
But with <laughs> SPC 105, I guess, this is like very much almost a response to how, like, not a response necessarily, but like a synthesis of how the character is almost treated in like the resurrection storyline, right? Because yeah. there she's, bluntly put, vulnerable. And part of that is like as a natural extension of how her character was treated back in the original storylines. So my thought process when going into this is like, what if she was in control of her own destiny from the beginning? And also in this absurd world where the greatest good is to punch a shark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Objectively. Yes. And that's just like, that's like the through line that just led me through this entire piece. I like the part where she, on two separate occasions during this speech, t- brags about punching uh, a diplomat <laughs> while like he was giving a speech from the shark ignition, like from like a hundred feet away through a camera. Because <laughs> it's like, well, you can stick. It is it, actually, it sh- almost should have been the first old article that became an SPC mm-hmm. because she sticks her hand in photographs to do stuff on the other end of the photograph how spc can you get i'm honestly surprised it took me so long to write this but it makes so much sense of course of course it's an spc but like it's also like format screw of s of like the spc format which is like already very loose so yeah, because it's like a speech. Uh, she's getting a big award, and she's making the speech, and she continues to refer back to her actual uh, original document because she is, uh, you know, a Thaumiel class SCP only. You know, that doesn't exist that way in this world. So, how could you, in some way, utilize her powers not just through a camera, but through images that she quote unquote owns? Uh, and, the and twist just going is just through like, her oh CV. Lord. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah. Oh lord. I, I mean, I'm not even gonna say it. This is this is gonna be my my uh, version of Gregory's. I want you to read it because it, it goes from really on point characterization of Iris. It's it's a really good. She's got a good voice and there's a good story and it, it carries through what her life is like in this universe. But then it carries the idea to its logical conclusion and goes, okay. If, if they didn't care about all this compartmentalization and locking people away and not trusting people, if all they cared about was punching sharks and they had Iris, what would she be up to? And you carried the idea all the way, and it's a terrifying <laughs> conclusion that I find just absolutely <laughs> hilarious and amazing and awful at the same time. It's, it's really Yeah, it's like, like I said earlier, you, you turned a, you know, a cute thing into this, you know philosophical nightmare yeah like i don't want to give it away either so there's an aspect of this that is like not typical horror it's one of those things where you sit and think about and go oh (laughs) yeah that would suck see you're just raising the expectations for this piece so high that when the listeners act if the listeners go to actually read it they're going to inevitably be just a little disappointed ignore his self-deprecation it's a good article it is all right, now let's talk about your greatest uh, yes. SPC contribution. <laughs> the single greatest SPC article. <laughs> I'm not biased at all. Nope, not, not even a little bit. SPC. Uh, so, yeah, SPC 6500. 
infinitesimal. <laughs> I wonder what this is a reference to. Uh, I don't know. What is the reference? Uh, it's a reference to uh, the song Inf- Infinitesimal by Mother Mother, obviously. All right. If you say so. Well, we're only on like series, what, two or three at this point, right? So there's there's no SCP-6500. Certainly not. No. I've been looking online. As far as I can tell, they stopped making SCPs in 2012 or something. <laughs> Some people would wish that we didn't make it. Anyways. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no more jokes. Okay. I, I will say genuinely, though, and like I even wrote it to the outline so I didn't forget, you were the 10th article so that we were able to make a canon. For uh, no return. And you did it in a hilarious way that perfectly mo- like mocks, in, in a respectful way, but perfectly mocks our big-ass thing. And I just want to say, like, thank bravo, you, and bravo. what a good fucking You're job. welcome. Like, I'm still so happy with it. You're welcome. <laughs> and I didn't even have anything to do with it. You just showed up, like, what if I did this? Oh, that sounds funny. And then you and then you had a thing, and it was like, oh, wow, you did a good job. <laughs> now, for me, this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate Lord, uh, Lord experience. It's shit posts directly at you using your stuff, and then you compliment him for it because of how good it is. <laughs> and then he goes, oh. Uh, makes uh, very nearly mocks you and you have to be like you did a really good job on that god damn it i mean my favorite part is that it's like it looks on its surface like it's going to be just as long you know drawn out as 6500 you know everything that hey, don't people were like worried us, about whatever <laughs> uh, it's 95000 words you can't oversell that <laughs> but but like it's just so wonderfully brief and hilarious like in this way that is poking fun at us but also is canonical because it does show the fact that the impasse is like (laughs) universal and like it was just oh this is the perfect way to cap off the first 10 articles that we need to say we're a king and that's also uh, also Lord's specialty is is, um, the indispensable shitpost the shit post that you you can't ignore. You gotta have it. I don't know. I ignored that. We are a society. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was clown pictures. I think you were fully justified. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big clown guy. Uh, um, oh, yeah, so okay, you that. did mention earlier that uh, just a little bit ago that you thought that there was a connection between this and and uh, the O one. So. Pepper's Ghost Proposal is, well, um, it's like, the pitch essentially is, well, his his proposal is essentially like an enhancement, right, for strength, but the meat of it is basically what would happen if the sharks vanished and it's uh i can't tell if you're doing a bit right now with the big lung pause no i'm not i'm not i'm just he heard that you you do a lot of editing and he thought it would be funny (laughs) no man i work more than 40 50 hours now there's not gonna be shit but it's okay but it's okay because you could leave these huge pauses in now because now we've made jokes about (laughs) yeah fucking hey but yeah so like essentially it's sort of like i sort of 
dance around the the conclusion. You sure do. Okay, yes, yes, I do. But it dances around <laughs> the conclusion of Pepper's ghost proposal, in that. Oh sure. If okay. like basically, if there is no punching, there is no reason for the shark punching center. If there is no shark, there is no reason for the shark punching center to exist. You know. Sure. And like. Yeah. Pepper's Ghost Proposal already sort of said this in a different way, but, like, I just sort of go the other way. Like, it's a it's a fork in the road, right? Either if the sharks vanish, they destroy themselves in a nihilistic blaze, and then there are no more stories to tell about them. If And, and that's, like, sort of the doom con about the shark punching center. But if there are still sharks, well then... This is also sort of like something Flops touched on in some of her other works, where ultimately, like, and I feel like she, some of her Shark Punching Center works that she wrote in the days when SPC was becoming like this overdone, wrung out, like, flat, haha, it's just about punching sharks joke sort of thing, where it's like, mm. she has this piece that's an SCP about dreams people have about punching sharks and where essentially they're like messages from the SPC being please don't forget about us so long <laughs> we were funny once <laughs> god she's so yeah good. and that's like like mm. I don't directly reference it in this SPC 6500 but it was like sort of a sort of like an influence in the background like just something I was just it's very fitting yeah. too because i mean the core concept to 6500 you know the one that we wrote is you know in the same vein mm -hmm. right it's it's what does the foundation do when they're faced with the end of the anomalous uh do they sit on their hands haha <laughs> uh or you know do they do something about it uh and it, it just knowing the history now behind it, it even makes it more like wonderful that like this this amalgamation of both you know a parody of 6500 but also like the larger overarching like history of spc on the wiki it's 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 really yeah, good very and much it's, it's also underrated i am not happy with the fact that it's not even at 100 let's go we'll get there eventually <laughs> it's like this is like very much this sort of thing where like like the spc like the foundation has there are like tons of stories you can tell with the foundation and like 6500 the scp of course is a testament to that there's like you cover like what 10 Everything. yeah like 10 different genres <laughs> over 95k words and it's like <laughs> there's a lot of different yeah, things, yeah. <laughs> but for the spc there is always kind of only sort of been that one story <laughs> and it, right, it's yeah. told in slightly different ways and told in more absurd and less absurd ways and with various tangents but the end at the yes, end of the a... day it's always about punching sharks and the consequences <laughs> the punchline is so <laughs> fucking good to this i can't and i'm and yeah um but like the brilliant the the way that you subvert the roles that we were trying to play with with the you know stereotypical uh fantasy characters uh and the paths in the first half of 6500 and the way that you play with that to get to the punchline is so fucking good in this yeah you had to do 
beyond high effort shitpost to shitpost 6500 and uh, i mean it took seven of us and you did this <laughs> now <laughs> so that's pretty incredible to be fair this is kind of a short form which is like a meta layer to yeah. the shitpost <laughs> yeah it's short yeah. form but the uh the visual flair you picked up big time right yeah i mean because it doesn't look exactly like 60 and since most people can't read 6500 because it's too long um, they only ever see the visual flair anyway so they it's like a one-one comparison <laughs> as far as they're concerned <laughs> you guys can though you can read it you can read it so. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway all right all right i've blown smoke up your ass uh all right so let's get let's let's read some emails and get the fuck out of here yes uh all right, so, uh, Lord, why don't you take the first one from Boris? Did you even put them in the outline? I didn't see you them You did not put the them in the outline. I emailed them. Oh, they're... Okay. Ah, the updated. Hours ago. Oh, right. I see it. Check your email. Hello. Um, I can't wait to hear you try and convince me SPC is a legit, serious GOI. There we go. Yeah, we I'm not sure that. anyone sure. actually <laughs> believes that. Me, least of all. Probably because they brought on Apocalypse and Team Bird. Uh, the Polish wiki sure. used to translate it as. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even good. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. Something in Polish. Yeah. Still was any. There's a lot of. Yeah, symbols. I can't try. It. I can't do this. Uh, Concrete Producers Association. Back when it was just a name without any lore. It's probably their front company or something. Am I correct in thinking it's the only GOI that sprung entirely from a meme? Do you think something like that would even be possible now? Cheers. I don't know if it's the only one, but I do think it must be one of the it few. It probably uh, is one of the few. Um, I will say that unconsciously I have tried to make Victim a sort of like this. It's not the same, but like it has always been this like meta layer thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew more about SPC beforehand, but anyway. As, huh. um, As for the second yeah. question, do you think something like this could even be possible now? Um, yeah, Consuelo Geo. <laughs> I um, have been advised not to say the words fish and the word council in um, <laughs> directly next to each other. <laughs> well, it was really good of you to, to not break that advice. Yeah, but... Uh, the, I'm allowed uh, to say fishing council, and I think that counts as spring from a meme. Oh. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, that's just Double like layers. one guy. That's really just like one guy with a plan. Uh, shout out to Dodo Devil. One guy, yeah, so with a with a plan and a vision and um, a burning desire Dodo to tell in, stories about Dodo fishing. Dodo is incredible. Yeah. Dodo is incredible at art and at writing, and it's just... I didn't... Just, just fucking so good. Didn't Do- didn't Dodo do a, uh, a collage art for six for for SPC sixty five hundred? I have I have a vague. He did of yes. SPC yes. or SCP? both. Well, I know he did one for SCP Gregory because I did the license box, but he did one for S- SPC as well. He did. Um, I think I link it. I'm not my waiting on your page. confirmation, Gregory. The, the author says that he did. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm letting you talk. Yeah. I think it's. I, <laughs> well, that's I didn't recommend. Yeah, I think I link it on my author page. Actually, um, it's really great. It is because he did he, it, did he did one for Gregory's Path and 6500. So he did one for uh, the SPC as well because Dodo is amazing. Yes. Yeah, during the contest, 
Dodo was bringing out these collages on, on some of the main ones, um, <laughs> which led us to say, hey, do you want to put one in the official SCP-6500? <laughs> and then he got it. Uh, the thing he made for 6500 is just fucking great. <laughs> I can't even talk about how great it is. It's so good. <clears throat> All right. Um, Harry, you want to read this next one? Sure. This is, again, from my favorite thing to say out loud. Real sir, real sir. <laughs> Can't tell whether I'm pleased or disappointed to learn after last week's episode that my worry of the serpent's hand that I might be missing some details on the hand that I should have picked up on was misplaced. Shout out for giving me a sentence that only I could have read out loud there, by the way. Yeah. That they really are that perpetually mysterious. But this week's topic is one I know I don't understand. Every time I've come across an SPC-related piece, it's felt like some massive inside joke that I wasn't in on. I don't really have much in the way of specific questions about them, except for maybe all of the questions. So I'm just going to wait and see what comes up. I will ask, more broadly though, do y'all think that most GOIs are intended from the beginning by their authors, creators, or that it's more common to be a more unplanned and organic outgrowth of originally one-off elements and stories? Maybe even for most of them, I honestly could imagine either kind of origin for. Yeah, I think it's a pretty even split, honestly. Honestly. Yeah, I'm, for sure. I feel like there's this thing where they're originally intended as one-offs by their original creators, like for several, but then the person who goes and turns them into a proper GOI just isn't the original creator. Like, yeah. that's that's the case. Yeah. That, that has frequently happened. Where I mean, certainly that's what happened with the Deva. Yeah, I mean... I mean you know, almost nobody has contributed more than one article uh, to the team. A few people have, Stormbreath has, but, um, and I guess myself too. But there's, it's pretty commonly like that, where it is like kind of a hodgepodge of people saying, oh, this is interesting. I wonder what I can do with it. And then, you know, after a couple of years or after six months, depending on how popular it is, hey, somebody else comes along and goes, you know, this qualifies as a GUI now. We should make a page yeah. for it. And, like, this is the case for Broken God, at least, Wandsmen. Um, oh, sure. Even, I don't know if it, Sarkis is uh, No, Wandsmen, Wandsmen was intentional. I talked to the creator. He, he, they, sorry, I don't know, actually, no. So they are, was intentionally making it a GOI from the beginning. Meta? Metaphysician? No, you're talking... <laughs> No oh, wait, you talking about the GOI Wandsman, or are you talking okay. about... The Wandsman was created by Metaphysician, but Wandsman yes. were created by Chaucer. We're splitting hairs. <laughs> ah, yes, this is... Well, th that's like... Oh, I thought we were talking about GOIs. I mean, I feel like that's like the plain... That's a, it's like the clearest example of drawing inspiration yeah, yeah. from... Oh, I guess. Off, yeah, it's true. Know? I sort of... Yeah, the one, author, the one author created the element that led into it, and then the other author picked it up and made it into a group of interest. It's true. All right. No comment. But yes, it's a it's very much a collaborative effort, and sometimes it just yeah, takes like an extra pair of hands to do some of the shoe polishing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of somebody who made a GOI from scratch, it still required quite a bit of collaboration. Like even the ones that didn't have collaborators on it, specific articles. If it wasn't for Harry and Plague. PJP, you know, looking at everything I was doing and kind of giving me feedback to it, none of this would have happened with Victim. 
Um, so even the ones that are intended from the beginning to be a Jew, I, although it wasn't from the beginning, it was more a reaction to that first article. Yeah, GOIs, um, in my experience, are a little bit of collaboration and a lot of cajoling. Like, hey, yeah. you, you want to write one of these, right? You know you want. Boy, that would be a really good example. Why don't you write that as your uh, VKTM article? <laughs> yeah, and it worked for a while. Yeah, we've gotten a few different takes on it, which is really fun. Definitely. And, and I can't believe everyone has kind of followed... My one rule. Don't explain don't, it. <laughs> don't explain shit. Don't give me some deep lore or I will disavow you. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I do think that most of them, especially the classic ones, were more organic. Um, obviously, sarcasm is a, another kind of exception because I don't, you know, I don't know if, if Meta set out to do a GOI, quote unquote, but that's certainly what you know that was basically entirely from see i don't know because like when it comes to even stuff like prometheus labs and the global occult coalition like the modern i the modern conception of them at least among on wiki fans is like very different from how they were originally written and like those two examples owe a lot to green wolf again but and I say and I do uh, specify on Wiki fans because, um, in many corners of the internet, the GOC are still the kill, kill, kill guys. Yeah, see the way it is, I think in my mind, um, which yeah. I'm just going to pretend is somehow um, imposable on all of your minds, is that in each <laughs> era of writing these things, there is usually one or two at at most, I think, um, active voices pushing each individual group of interest, and then mm-hmm. they give way to somebody else. Because but before Green Wolf. Uh, Clef was doing basically all of the GOC stuff, um, mm-hmm. right. and Clef is gone. So there's usually some fairly strong voice pushing them in a certain direction while everybody else is writing about them, and they pass that on to somebody else. So it's it. it varies. I will say, uh, my opinion is that the Green Wolf stuff with GOC owes a lot to the Clef stuff. It doesn't feel like a huge like departure in like a philosophical. Yeah, way. It, it evolves. It but... feels like an evolution mm-hmm. out of it, whereas. There are other examples where it's like, wow, that's like wildly different. Like, you know, the Church of the Broken God, which you brought up earlier. I mean, you look at the earliest stuff and it's it's nothing to do with some of the lore that happened later on. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, collaboration, that's why this shit's fascinating, especially from the outside. Anyway, okay, I'll read this next one. Uh, Hey, it's Crocat here. SBC is one of my favorite GOIs, so I'm eager... To hear this next episode, I hope you guys talked about articles that portray a more serious center, because I love those so much. Guess what we did. Uh, Also, interesting thing from the Japanese branch, SPC1824-JP are deep sea crabs infused with fighting spirit, and the center sends them out into parts of the ocean that a normal punch agent would otherwise have trouble operating in. These crabs have a compulsion to punch sharks, so the center obviously really likes them. But they also have a compulsion to punch crocodiles. <laughs> this is because crabs are a part of their own SBC, the scissors punching crocodiles. <laughs> 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 After all, there are many similarities between sharks and crocodiles. Sharp teeth, rough skin, evil. Uh, sharks do not have rough skin. <laughs> are you saying that sharks are smooth? or? <laughs> yeah. They, they have lovely skin. That's why you take their skin and turn it into stuff. Let's uh, let's not generalize all sharks. Don't be sharks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I should request 
It's a pity they don't translate more of the international SPC stuff, honestly. Like, I guess it's just not enough translation requests going in, but like, I don't know. I'm like... Well, there's only there's only so many people that are willing or yeah. capable to do translations yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah, and they only do five or six hundred a day. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I am like Harry. I'm in sometimes I'm sort of like a lore maximalist almost. Like, if it exists, I want to try and incorporate it. So like... Yeah. Uh, I guess apologies over to our friends, um, to our fellow Japanese-speaking SCP authors, SPC authors, because... Pugilists. Yes. Um, I would have incorporated... I would incorporate this stuff into my stuff if I could read it. I knew it existed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But, like, that sounds, like, really hilarious. Yeah, just reading the fucking summary in the email. We're cracking up. It's so good. Uh, Okay, I'll read another one. Uh, This is from Gizma. Uh, Greetings from Gizma. (laughs) I'm a big sucker for Kami, so yeah, I like the SBC. They're over the top, silly from our PLV, yet completely serious within their own universe. Which is the best kind of humor, in my opinion. Yep. That's that's me, not Gizma. They keep talking about all the things as if they make total sense and we just have to accept them. (laughs) Case liquid right. Right? Liquid that, white. Isn't that from your... Liquid, liquid white. white. Yeah. yeah. Comma right. Uh, um, like, of course, there's a specific method of punching sharks so hard they become long-range missiles. So why wouldn't there be? <laughs> I also like when an unrelated anomaly has a test log and a test involves a shark. And you can just know what's going to happen. Like an SCP-3920 test on the Sharknado movie had the SC- had the three... Ne- <clears throat> 3922A punch the sharks away. <laughs> There's even a Wilson's Wildlife format where they, they're talking around the fact that it's a shark and you're like, oh, fuck, is there a collapsible at the end of this? There is. I, I know what's happening. <laughs> so good. It didn't have good punchline. It was only fitting. Punchlines. Uh, yeah. They said with such specific gimmick, I feel they can really get... They can easily get old quick. That's why I prefer to read their content only once in a while rather than a bunch of articles at once. And now for the question. Do any of you have any plans to write something with the SPC? I didn't, but now I do. Not specifically, <laughs> but now I do. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Victim and SPC needs to have an overview. That's that's happening. That's 100% happening. Like a kung fu movie? I don't know. I'm not sure what it is going to be yet, but it's The happening. Grand Victim War this... article, but it's solely an SPC <laughs> in the SPC yes. universe, so it's completely unclear yes. how much is applicable. <laughs> Yes, only, um, only the SPC of HDM has any lore. Uh, <laughs> maybe, that's pretty funny. I, I've been playing with, because I've been doing it on Twitter, and somebody asked me if the victim Twitter is canon, and I said absolutely, in so much as you can trust anything that victim tells you. <laughs> so I just was just going to plan on having it be our victim that just happened to have access to SPC Universe, because, so, they just Are do. you confirming <laughs> that victim has canonically claim to have metaphysical ownership over the number 13 uh well yeah 13 now. indeed I took it <laughs> yeah no, twice you can't now. make meme jokes that no one's gonna get outside of discord <laughs> i think we've proven that he can it can it just doesn't work um so anyway uh, I, I think i think i'll have to write an spc it's been pointed out to me once or twice that i somehow got over 100 articles with zero goi formats <laughs> Oh, wow, yeah. I don't have any GOI formats either. Oh, no, I guess... I guess Parawatch counts, huh? 
No, it doesn't, because they're just tails, apparently. I think that's oh. stupid, but they're not GOI formats. Okay. You hear that? You hear that tagging team? Come at me. <laughs> All right. Uh, they probably got a really clever and reasoned explanation, and if any of them were listening, which none of them are, they'd be able to explain it to me. Yeah, there's a challenge. Not for me. I didn't do anything. It was Harry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Lord, you want to get this last one from Randy? Sure. So this is from Randy, and um, so, hi. The Serpent's Hand episode has motivated me to read some things on Wander's library. I'll do it at some point. Yeah. Now, I have no idea what Shark Punching Center is about, so this must be fun. And the question, in your opinion, what writing trope is overrated and annoying, yet you have used it slash will use it? And that's about it. And Randy wished us a nice day with a, with a smiley face. So, um, thank you, Randy. Yeah. Uh, Randy's the best. Uh, they've done some awesome art for Victim. I think three pieces so far? So cool. Yeah, they're great. Um... I don't know. What do you guys think about tropes that you dislike but you have used? Uh, well, um, I am just so tempted just to say right now that I actually hate the shark punching center. <laughs> but like, obviously, that's not true. It's like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so good if you were like actually. I, I it's just it's time to come clean. I fucking hate the shark punching center. I, I felt constrained by this, and I don't want to do it anymore, and this is how I'm going to tell people. <laughs> Two-hour conversation that ends with, and this is why I hated doing all of this. <laughs> this is why I will never, ever do another SPC article. <laughs> uh, articles that go, this this didn't happen in our universe, but it like appeared in the database from an alternate universe because the author lacks the courage of their convictions. That's one I hate. And no, I oh, like the Resno canon? And like the giant tail series that I'm writing, that's full of timelines that end up not having happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like that one either. But I don't. I like tons of articles that do it, but it, it lowers their quality universally. It makes sixty. It makes six thousand worse. It makes five thousand worse. It makes Ralston six K worse. It makes every article that uses it worse, even if they're great. Yeah, it reduces stakes. It's. You don't know, worry, none of this happened. Of Here's like, an epic story that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Congratulations yeah. on weakening your own story. Yeah, I guess mine is kind of a, a reaction or like a version of that because I've always kind of hated dream sequences in stories. Mm. Um, always. And I especially hate it when somebody wakes up at the end and it's like all bullshit. You know, anime, I've noticed several animes that worked out like this where it's like, oh, it's just kidding. It's just all been in okay. your head or whatever. Um, it's why when I was younger, I disliked Star Trek so much because I happened to catch a few where it was oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, like the, I remember one where it was like the hollow deck had taken over the entire ship somehow and the people thought they were yeah, in yeah, yeah. 1800s London or something. And I was, you know, I was like 11 or something when I watched it. So, I mean, you know, I can't be trusted. But uh, I, I thought that's what the whole show was about. <laughs> and so I was just like, ah. Um, but I've, I haven't done that specifically, but I've used dream sequences several times in stories on, on SCP stuff. And uh, I've used it specifically to kind of subvert that because in those stories like 5923 or um, 6602, uh, like the, what happens in those dreamy moments is actually very important. It just happens to happen in dreams. 
Um, but I, yeah, I really, really hate dream sequences in stories because it's always just like, I want to get philosophical and like metaphorical, but it, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. It didn't happen. I, I can't, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but being an old person and I've decided to reference something that was even older than I am with the, the comedy of Bob Newhart. Have you seen, oh, yeah. have you heard of or seen how the second of, of his famous TV series ended? Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to spoil it because no one's going out there and watching no, it. Yeah. But Bob Newhart was a comedian who was known for being very dry and droll, and he had two really popular long-running sitcoms. And one of them, he was, a, I think, a psychiatrist, and then the other one, he operated an inn in Vermont. And the first one was uh, the psychiatrist one, and it went for like seven years or something. And the second right. one went for an almost equal amount of time. And in the last episode of this show, like a decade after the original show... <laughs> He woke up in bed with his wife from the original show, and that whole show was a dream that happened in the first show. <laughs> Which is so fucking meta and, like, bad, but also... It's, like, the perfect only good weird. example of that crazy idea. <laughs> At some point, it, it becomes so off the wall. Hilarious. Like, it wraps back around. Because yeah. nobody expects... Like, it's okay, you, you could have, like, the Dallas garbage where they had a, a character die, and then they had to bring him back, so they went... Oh, that whole season was somebody's dream. Like, well, fuck you. But it's an entirely different I thing mean, to go. This entire show was a dream because it was a dream happening to the same actor in a completely different show. That's amazing. That's pat physics, baby. No, it's, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in general, but in general, it sucks. Don't do it's it. It's happened a lot. It, it, it happens a lot. There's a lot of. <clears throat> sort of unoriginal books that have like, if not ended that way, then it's like like you said you know something really important or like earth-shaking happens and then it's like ah oh, just kidding it didn't really happen or it's the same reason i don't like time travel like i in general do not like oh well we have to go back and change it nope i'm out right the thing <laughs> like, is that what changes not to say that that not to say that there isn't good stories with that there is some of them are in 6500 but i yeah. dislike the trope Something okay. meaningful has to change for the characters in the course of a story, so that if the events of the story are reverted, the characters still have to have progressed, there still has to have been a meaning to it. Otherwise, it's a cheap cop-out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, I also kind of don't like it when it's the only changes in someone's personal experience. Like, I kind of want the world to be a living place, and because... I don't need things to be realistic, but, like, I do like to tell fairly grounded stories. So, like, consequences have to matter, not just to our protagonists, but, right. you know, to the people around them. But, anyway. Hmm. I don't know. Lord, you got an answer? Well, for the... Like, the thing is, I honestly don't think... Like, the thing is, there's really not that much that comes directly to the top of my mind. Because sure. if the writing trope is genuinely something I don't really like, I end up just not using it except <laughs> to subvert it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, my answer was a fucking fake-out, too, because same thing. Yeah, 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 because, like, I mean, sure, I can say that I seriously dislike how harem anime handles its characterizations, but, like, <laughs> I don't write that kind of fiction either, and I don't even consume yeah. that kind of fiction, so, like, it's... Yeah, why would you? There was always there was already the perfect one, and that's Tenchi Muya. Nothing else has ever come close. So. <laughs> but yeah, you see where I'm coming from. Like, yeah, it's yeah. You know, I mean, it's why I haven't yet actually written anything with Mecca. 
because I love that trope, but I also think it is about as deep as a fucking puddle. <laughs> you know, and I'm not, not to say that there aren't deep stories that use mecha. In fact, lots of anime and video games have uh, and are very deep. Uh, but I, you know, just I... <clears throat> the tropes associated with certain genres are completely uninteresting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I have a Western in me somewhere, <laughs> but I, but I, you know, I'm not on, I'm not in a rush to run out there and write one. <laughs> I, I, I find it amazing that this was the answer that Lord gave. That our inveterate shitsters' response to the question <laughs> asked of three authors: what thing other people, what thing other people write pisses you off, and you either won't do or will do. And you asked that question to Lord, and his answer was, you know. When things piss me off and aren't good, I don't think about them. I do something else. It's like, are you trolling us now? <laughs> you, just, you just took the opportunity to shit talk other people's writing and you went, no, thank you. I'll take the high road. Well, in all fairness, it's more fun to, uh, it's more fun to vague post on the SCP wiki itself. You're not that vague. I don't know if you know, but. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, uh, yes. yeah, I think uh, I think that should wrap us up there. Um, once, man. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no comment. But our Twitter is at s i m c r e a t. My Twitter is at Gregory Carpin. Harry at, at, at Harry Black SCP. Laura doesn't have a Twitter, and I won't. Uh, because he's so much better than us. Best. But our email is at simplycreativepeople at gmail.com. Thank you for all the people that send in emails. I only sent out the tweet today about saying we haven't gotten any emails because I forgot to send it out. And we got like five really good ones. So Huzzah. thanks to everyone. Uh, but I think that's going to do it. And uh, we're going to get out of here. Yeah. So... Keep, keep smiling, you sons of bitches. Yep. Yeah. Go punch those sharks because... They're not going to punch themselves. 